Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Jen. Jen's awesome, you know. Thank you, Jen. Jen's, I don't know if you know that, but Jen, amongst her many duties here at church, she does our accounting, and she's phenomenal. I mean, man, it's just phenomenal. Don't nobody have any ideas. You can't take her from us. No, it's awesome. Um, Before I get into the the message, I just... uh, just wanted to mention a couple things. Um, yesterday we had the, the men's breakfast, and um, it was really great. If you, yeah, it was it was really awesome. Well, as T says, it's a breakfast because we 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 uh, we always intend to just bless the men, and they had a, and we had a really great time. The the Better Man event happens each year, and this we got the we weren't able to go down this year because of timing and so on. But we got the recordings. We paid for the event, so we got the recordings for a little while. It was awesome. So we watched part of it last uh, last last year in December and then um, we watched A.R. Bernard and Denzel Washington. Do you know that Denzel Washington is a born-again spiritual believer? Man, he is one awesome powerhouse of a man and, and he, he shared to the men. He's just has, he always has some real great gems and um, so it was really great. But if you are a, a guy, a man, and you are not, are not getting texts about um, our, our men's breakfast, they happen on the second Saturday of every month and uh, typically although the next two are going to be on the first Saturday for uh, coming up in February and March, but typically they're the second Saturday, but we keep you updated. We've also got various activities. So in fact, we've got a, a men's camp, our first coming up. It's going to be an, one, an overnight retreat at a camp here coming up in March, the 4th, which is a Friday night and 5th. So it'll be just till noon on that 5th. So stay tuned. If you're a guy, it's going to be a good time uh, that we're going to have with that. So stay in touch. If you don't, if you don't again, if you're a guy that you, you're not getting texts about this, um, all you need to do is get your, 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 tech, your uh, cell phone number. In fact, you can just text it, word men, or, and just say, put me on the list to our texting church number, 352-441-3016. That number we use for everything. You can call that number, and it'll go through to the church office. You can text that number, and we'll, <clears throat> we'll get your text. If you write prayer, we'll get your prayer, you know, um, your prayer request, whatever it is, that texting church number. So, again, uh, thank you for just staying connected and if you're a motorcyclist or a fisherman or have a cornhole specialist like tea whatever it is um um we'll we'll we want to get you hooked up um also so shout out to some of the guys that have been helping we have we started our project i'm i was rejoicing in my heart you know that it says that the lord rejoices to see the plumb line in the hand of the builders and sometimes it's it's just so great to we that building next door is really old I mean, we have to ask some people that have been here for years and years longer than me. In fact, this year, this month, Carlin and I have been here 18 years. Can you believe that? 18 years we've been here. Man, that seems like a long time. No. <laughs> but in any case, that building is really old, and we've, we've got a project, and we're getting some vision for really remodeling it, and we started, and it was so fun to see everybody who jumped in. I know Jim Miller and Greg High were swinging sledgehammers and breaking out old tile, and, and so that one bathroom is just about stripped, and Amber and Corin were painting and things like that, so it's starting to take shape, and we, so we're really, we're really going to rip that. The, you know, some of those bathrooms, we've got some great vision to get the, the youth room fixed up and modernized and bathrooms and flooring. And so in any case, thanks for, thanks for all the, the injuries, Jim. I heard that you were injured. 
So um, no, it's awesome. Just uh, value that. A couple of things also coming up that, that I think you should know about. We have a small group of people already on the list for baptism. If you've never been water baptized and you want to find out more about it, you don't have to. Just text the word baptism to the, the 352-441-3016 and we'll, talk, we'll, we'll get in touch with you and fill you in about water baptism. It's just a, um, we'll, fill, we'll get a date set here on the calendar pretty soon. We just wanted to catch most of our folks that come through that. Water baptism is awesome. And then, of course, um, Karis uh, has a course called the Uni Healing University. You may have seen it on the digital sign outside. We are kicking that off at the end of the month. It's going to be Sunday afternoons or light Sunday evenings at 5 p.m. And it is awesome. It is really phenomenal material. If you think, oh, well, I'm well, I don't need, uh, I don't need to know, learn about healing, then come and learn about healing for, to learn how to minister to healing to other people. Amen? It's just, a, it's just a phenomenal. So Andrew kicks off that one. Andrew Womack teaches that one, uh, the first one, and it's, it's all about how God wants you well. I tell you, I don't know where you've grown up or what your background is, but I had been taught this thing that God doesn't necessarily want you well. And if he doesn't necessarily want you well or he teaches you something with sickness, then you may stay sick a while and gets into all kinds of weird theologies. And this, this, is, this is a place where you can come get your theology straightened out. Amen. Amen. Do you do realize that we're the ones that have to conform into his way? He doesn't conform to our way. In fact, God can't bless you unless you're humble. Do you know that? Unless you're teachable. Because basically, to be full of pride is to say, I know, and God come and bless me in where I'm at. But humility says, no, 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 I've got a journey to make. I'm the one that's got to align with truth. So there is a journey. That's why it says uh, is, so in, in Scripture that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble, to the teachable. Um, and so, you know, come and, come and get poured into it. Come and learn how to minister healing, and it's going to be a great course. Keith is going is to moderate or facilitate the group, and, and there'll be time for Q&A and also modeling healing. We've got a number of people who flow excellently in the gifts of, of, of uh, healing. So we believe in it. It has happened. It is for today. God has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There never was a time of healing. There's only ever been a God of healing. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, hallelujah. That's it. I've got it all done. Um, very grateful again for those, those, just those worship songs which are so spot on. You know, um, man, we, we have a God that's passionately in love with us. Whether you're in the building today or you're watching online, know that no matter what your faults are, no matter what you may have carried for years and years, God doesn't look at them. He has cost your sin, your past, your failures, as far as the east is from the west. He loves you, and he has a future for you. Amen. And so we want you to hear that. We want you to know that because he is passionately, passionately in love with you. So, Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you that you uh, are ministering spiritual truths, Lord, in, in spiritual words. And, and, Lord, we just open our hearts to you today. Holy Spirit, thank you that you speak to us. I open my heart to hear what you have to say to me. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. So um, I've been talking uh, a, a series called The Kingdom Philosophy of Life. And the more I've, uh, I've studied the kingdom and, and see what scripture talks about the kingdom, the more I see in it. And it's, it's just there is so much awesome life-changing material that we can 
get, we can delve into. Um, and it's really profound because it makes, when, when we see the kingdom of God and what Jesus said about the kingdom, now I can't rehash what I've gone through in the previous five, but please just stay connected. Go, go and, and, and hear those messages and, and ask God to show this because when you see what the kingdom is, uh, you have a choice. We have a choice to participate in the kingdom or not. Uh, and, and you'll see that very, 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 very clearly in, in Scripture. You see, kingdom is something that we do. We get de delivered from the dominion of darkness. When we get born again and say yes to Jesus, and, and we lay, then we, we get the ability, it says in John 3, that we can't, without being born again, we can't even see the kingdom of God. But when we're born again, we can actually perceive and see these things. And, and, but you know that you, you don't necessarily participate in all the kingdom. And that's what we've said in, in these things. You know, uh, in, in these past messages, there is a choice there is intentionality and there are things, there are laws in this kingdom that this kingdom talks about, um, and, and those, that scripture talks about. We've spoken about how this kingdom is inverted, you know, to the greatest among you will be the servant of all. It's not a kingdom that comes, Jesus said, from outward appearance. It doesn't, you can't say, oh, this is the kingdom. I, I mean, I used to think that one day that when Jesus spoke about the kingdom that it was going, it was going to one day when you die, you're going to go and see the kingdom out there somewhere. No, it's not talking about heaven. That's why Jesus said when we should pray, he said, pray this way, thy will be done on earth as it is in thy kingdom come. He doesn't say, oh, hurry up and come back. Let's get out of this place. In the meantime, just live like the world. No, it's, there's, a, there's a choice that we have to participate in the kingdom. And unfortunately, a lot of us don't see that. You see this even in the types and shadow of Israel. Remember we, when, the, when the Israelites left Egypt? You know the story, Passover was a whole, Passover and, and the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, that was a whole a foretelling. That, that feast was a, was a foretelling of what Jesus was going to do. What he was going to do, he was going to be the lamb, you know, that was slain from the foundation of the world. He was lamb whose blood was put on there that there would, there would be a passing over, being born again. And so you have, is, is, was, was represented in that feast and then you see the whole of them leave Israel, leave the world, and they leave Israel, they left Egypt with all the goods of the world, right? And they go into the wilderness. And they, and, and they go to Sinai and they, they get the, 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 the covenant and we can, we can you, you know all these things, I'm sure, but, but here they get the, the, the Mosaic law, the, the Moses law, and that, that you can even study, but the law, um, all of these were for our learning. It says in First, in first Corinthians chapter 10, and it talks about that, that all of the, these things are for our learning. It's your and my learning right now today. And, and then in, in Hebrews 3 and 4, it's got these warnings. It says, listen, guys, there is a promise of entering his rest. There, there is a promise that remains that we've, got to be sure, that we've got to be careful to enter his rest. And if we don't use faith, if we don't, you see, God has given us these things freely by grace, but we have to use faith to enter the promised land. The promised land is not being born again. We've been born again, if you've received Jesus, their promised land is actually, is, is living in kingdom principle. And we can participate to get, you know how few people entered, relatively speaking, the promised land? 
Well, we know Joshua and Caleb, they're the famous two, and actually everybody that was under 20, if you didn't know that, but if you go and study the older, it was only the accountable age over the age of 20 that those were the, one, the generation that passed away. So if any, if you were happened to be under 20 at that mark when the, the spies came back, but in any case, I'm saying that there was, there was an entire generation that, that Hebrews 3 and 4 says that they refused to enter because they would not believe God's word. And they, they actually, it's profound, they, they, they had fear, they feared what they saw with their eyes. They said, we can't do it, there's giants there. We can't do it, we can't go into the land because they, we're, we're grasshoppers. So they had two things going for them. One, were there actually, were they, were they actually giants in the land? Yes, they were. They were actual physical giants. So they could see the, the giants in the land and say, we're not able. Even though they brought back all the proof of this land, remember the big bunches of grapes, massive, that two men had to carry one bunch of grapes, land of milk, and it, was, it was exceedingly blessed. Exceedingly blessed, it says. But they said, we're not able, except for Joshua and Caleb. They said, they tore their clothes. Listen, Israel, we can do it. Why? Because we're stronger than the giants? No, because he said. He said you can go in. And, and you see, Hebrews 3 and 4, that's the New Testament people, says that we, we will fail to enter if we don't learn from this lesson. We need to take the promise and add faith to it because we too have giants in the land. There are giants that are going to be between you and the promise. You've got to choose. You see, your giant may look like a doctor in the office who says, you're sick and you're going to die. And you're going to say, but there really is a doctor and he really did say I'm going to die. Or you could say, uh, no. God says, God says I am well able. God says this is my inheritance. God gave that to me. But you see, the other thing they had against them was, I'm a grasshopper. And I'm not talking in the Karate Kid version, okay? I'm not saying, but if you're a grasshopper, if you see yourself as insignificant, if you see yourself as flesh and bone only, you can disqualify yourself. So you have, to, you have to know your inheritance. You have to know who Jesus has made you. You've got to know that you're a co-heir. You've got to know all these things, which comes by knowledge. That's why Second Peter, we've spoken so often about, says that all these promises are out because we can know him through his promises, that we can participate through his promises. Is this a work? No, it's been freely given, but you can't lay hold of what you don't know you can take hold of. That's why we have so many sick Christians, and I'm not trying to beat up on sick Christians. Listen to me. We don't have to stay sick. Right. We don't have to stay poor. Right. We don't. Now you could say, well, I don't believe that. Please, please, that's not being humble. Listen to what scripture says. You have been given promises that you can lay hold of health and healing, all of these things. Psalm 103 says, forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of your sin and forgives all of, I mean, and heals all of your diseases. Don't forget his benefits. But you see, we have this idea. Well, if God really wanted to give it to me, they'd just like dunk, hit me in the head. Oh, you see. But we, they don't. 
That's what Lambano is about. Lambano is seizing upon something. You've got to see the promise of God. You've got to know why Jesus gave it. You've got to fill your head, renew your mind so that you can be transformed to all of these things. Lay hold of these things to participate in them. There's a very active thing. You, you can go to heaven. You can go to heaven by just getting saved. Obviously, I'm not talking, we're not talking about going to heaven. We're talking about living in the kingdom. So last week when we were saying that, that these things, we, we're surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses. It's the, the, the heroes of faith, the heroes of Hebrews chapter 11. All these people that are, that are cheering us on and saying, and we're encouraged. Listen, because we're therefore, I mean, you, gee, I studied that word therefore this week. It was just so powerful. That one particularly is so full. It's because of this, because of everything they've just said here about these heroes of faith. That is the consequently, it's because of all of that, that we've got these crowd of witnesses. Therefore, we can run and not be entangled with hindrances and sin. Not just sin, like I said last week. I'm not going to go into that again. But it's like you can fail to enter. Do you know that you can sacrifice your race and never run your race? Paul encouraged us to run our race. But you see, we get this dormant idea of Christianity where it's like, oh, well, my race is just to get a job and go through life, I guess, best I can. Listen to whatever the doctors tell me and try and make as much money as I can and die. Go to heaven. Yay! You know, it's like, no, you have a, you have a calling you have a role, you have a purpose in the kingdom. And we, if we don't hear this, we can fail to enter. Again, not talking about entering, being born again. I'm talking about running your race. Running your race. You and I have different races, but you have a race to run. You have a place to fulfill. You can sacrifice it. Like it warned us in Hebrews chapter 12. It says Esau sacrificed it he sacrificed his he sacrificed his inheritance for a bowl of soup i'll get into that a little bit later but 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 kingdom cause i i said we we live in this realm and and i wanted to finish something because i i spoke mostly about kingdom cause last week and how there is a greater cause that missions and visions are all night well and good but you can't a mission statement and a vision statement a cause is something that you don't just live for, a cause is something that you're willing to sacrifice your life for. It's something that you, that you lay hold of so passionately that you will give your whole life for, right? And so purpose, living your life with a purpose, this, you, when you, purpose is that peace that when you, when you know what your purpose is, it gets you up in the morning because you have a purpose. You have a purpose and you know what it is, okay? So, here and then we see this um these these statistics that i think is is worth knowing um and i this is some from some time back but i'm just going to use them anyhow it's obviously the the numbers would have increased a lot since this but do you know that 151,600 people die every day 151,600 that means 6,316 people die every hour or 105 people die each minute, or nearly, or two people every second are dying. The world 
is literally going to hell. We have a cause to live for. We have a gospel that God, and, and people, that, and, I, and I say going to hell in a general sense because the most, most people have never heard this. Most people know, know that God loves them, but we do. We have a mission to get the good news to the world because God, Jesus said, I mean, Paul says in Romans 1, I, I'm not ashamed of the good news because it is the power of God for salvation of everyone who believes, right? And we've said it so many times, Romans 10 says, how can they hear unless somebody, I mean, how can they, how can they call on the name of the Lord, of course, unless, uh, unless uh, they believe? How can they believe unless they hear? How can, hear, how can they hear unless somebody preaches to them? How can somebody preach unless they are sent? And you and I are the sent ones. That's Matthew 28. It's not just fivefold ministry people that are sent. You're sent into the world. You're sent into your world. And I'm not talking about becoming a Bible thumper and standing at the corner and preaching and, and, and sh you know, sticking your bony finger in somebody's chest. That's, th that, that's not... That's not it. I'm talking about having a reason when people come to you and say, what's the reason that you've got that hope in you? When this world is going to hell in a handbasket sort of thing and everything is going crazy, how come you're experiencing peace? Why are you so at peace? Unless, of course, you're not. Unless you're just flailing around, running around like everybody else on the Titanic. You know, you, you know but you have... You and I have the ability to stay in peace in the midst of the storm. Yes. We shouldn't be so flustered. And we've got the ability to live above the storm. These are all things that are kingdom benefits that we can learn to participate in. Amen. And, and so this is, again, knowing, knowing the foundation of that God loves you without condition is essential. You have to know that you know that you know that God is for me, that I'm not in, there's no condemnation. All of those things are, and those are fundamental realities. That's our starting point. We're rooted and grounded in his love. We need to know that. There is no condemnation at all. But you've also got to understand, you might not run your race if you don't take it seriously. You might not run your race if you don't, Get involved with people. If you're not prepared to be in, if you just say, well, I'm not a people person. I'm not going to get involved in relationships. Well, then just tell Jesus he doesn't know what he's talking about, that you know better. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but that's what Jesus says. Jesus says we need one another. Jesus said that he made a body of many parts. I heard that said this other day, and, and that's weird to me. It's like, it's almost like preachers want people to come and sit in the pews, so they say, God says, forsake not the gathering of yourselves together. It's not about coming and sitting in the pews. It's about connecting with people who are fulfilling you. Now, is this part of it? Yes, but it's oh so much more. It's not just showing up in church and now I've got my nice big green check mark from heaven because I came to church that day. No, it's about participating in a body. You have to be connected to a body. You and I are designed to be connected to a body. Let me say it again. Does that mean you can't go to heaven? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying God designed us to be better together. God, God designed us not to be an eye and an ear and a leg and a finger. You are not. I am not. I'm a part of the body. You are not all that in a bag of chips. You need one another. We need one another. You need the gifts. I need the gifts around me. I need you. I need your role. And we'll get into that scripture if I don't keep 
wasting my, I mean, not wasting my time. <laughs> but it says that, we, you know, we, in First in Peter chapter 4, just go there right now. First Peter chapter 4 verse 10, listen to this. It says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's varied or manifold grace, whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. So much in that, but in verse uh, 10 there it says, each one has received a gift. If you say you have not received a gift, you're telling Jesus he's a liar. I know I'm speaking plainly now. You're okay with me, right? You know, but, but, but when you believe the word of God, you take the word of God seriously. You know, you, you have received a gift. And then it says what? Use it to serve yourself. Well, at least somebody's listening. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Use it to serve. The gift isn't for you. It's for the body, and we see this in Romans and, and in First Corinthians 12 and in, in Romans, all these places, in, in Colossians 3. You used your gift to serve one another, to build one another, to edify the body. That is what your gift is for. And then it says, as good stewards of God's varied grace. It's a grace. It's a gift. The purpose of grace is it's free. It's, it's a gift. I like how um, even on yesterday at the video, the men's breakfast, A.R. Bernard said that we brought nothing into the world. We can take nothing out of the world. Right. We, so you can't, you, the best is you can never be an owner. You cannot be an owner of anything. We are stewards yes. of his gifts. But you see, we, 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 we are so uh, fearful that we feel we have to cling to stuff because we've got our security in stuff. Right? Generally speaking, of course, nobody that watching online or here today. But we tend, to, we tend to hold on to stuff because the more stuff I have and the bigger bank account I have and the more blah, 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 blah I have or the more bullets and beans I have saved up, you know, I, I'm the safe. No, that, that is not being safe. We, 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 we are stewards of his thing, his gifts. We are stewards of this. We are stewards in this kingdom. This concept of kingdom living, this philosophy, as I said a number of times, this is a philosophy. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a. We we love God's way of looking at this world. We see this world through different eyes. We don't see the world just as 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 a, as a normal fleshly man because we don't walk in the flesh. We walk in the spirit we get we don't we don't judge people we don't know no man every after the flesh we know them after the spirit now that doesn't mean that you're so ooey gooey airy fairy that you just like seeing you become particle pickers you know what a particle peeper oh you know every they, they see they it's not being unrealistic it's a it's it's you you are choosing to see the kingdom that jesus brought We've spoken about this in previous. The, 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 the Pharisees couldn't see it. Even the disciples, after Jesus, after Jesus died and came back, they said, so now are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They still thought. They still thought that Jesus was going to set everything right and get the Romans out of the way and Israel was going to be back on top of the heap. 
And he said, listen, he kind of diverted it. And it it's not about that. The kingdom of God is not about a physical establishing a, a government of men. It's not about establishing a government of men. And I see, I see this humanistic view of Christianity so often. It re raises itself up so often. It comes around. You know, kingdom, you know, we, in fact, there was a thing in the 80s called Kingdom Now. And I don't know if any of you remember it, but it was like, basically, we're going we're gonna to take over our government. Listen, people, there are no governments that God has a covenant, covenant with outside of the one Israel where he made a covenant with Israel. We, there is no covenant with America or with Russia or with France or England or whatever. God, there is, there is covenants and there's covenant principles that we can participate as individuals. But I'm telling you, and I'm, I'm going to be very careful here because I love this country and this country is, stands for a lot of good and a lot of righteousness more than many, many countries have done. But it's not got to do with nationalizing Christianity. I've lived in a country that nationalized it. I know that it's just outward. You cannot nationalize it. You don't see that in the New Testament. Nowhere did Jesus preach that or live that or say that, and neither did the apostles. It's not about nationalization. Does that mean that we can't pray that righteousness exalts a nation? Absolutely, yes. We should, have got, we should have those gifts. It says gifts of administration, gifts of this. We should be praying for people in office. Thank God for our governor and what he's doing in this thing, standing over there. So thank God for, our, for, for righteous people. I pr we pray for them. We pray for them weekly. We pray, Lord, may those, uh, you know, we, may, those who have got it in for these guys, may they be found out. May they fall into pits that they have dug. You know, you're, you know, every tongue that rises against you, you will refute. We, that is something that we get to enforce. We get to enforce. But, but again, it's not about nationalizing something so you can start a Christian party and the Christian party is going to take over and make everybody go to church on Sundays. Lord Jesus, help us. No. You know, that Christians would be the worst. I'm sorry, maybe not. No, that's not true. It's hard to get worse right now than just about anything. But, but hear what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. Look at the model in the New Testament. This kingdom is not coming by observation, Jesus said. It's within you. This is a participation of laying hold of by faith, believing what he says, believing and choosing to see and participate in this kingdom that he served. When the world, this world is getting dark very quickly and seriously dark. I don't know what hands, I don't, but I know Christians before, you've, you, you want to be established because there is a falling away of sorts. There is a falling away of sorts. There's people that are just like, meh, Christianity, kind of take it or leave it, shrug your shoulders. It's like, meh, you know, it's to go to church. I think that those people are going to just leave. I do. I think that more, more and more fake Christianity, more and more religion is going to be shown up for what it is. But I can tell you what, there are a, always a remnant of people that love Jesus, that are born again, that have chosen to believe his word, that are chosen to lay and say, Lord, I'm gonna believe you and I wanna participate in kingdom and I wanna be an instrument in your hands. What can I do? I'm reporting for duty. What can I do? Love your brother. Love your brother. But you don't understand. He's a republic, a democrat, whatever. It's like, it's like, love your brother. You don't get an excuse not to love your brother. 
you don't get an excuse. Now, does that mean that, you, that everybody's of good? Then no, 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 no. Republicans, Democrats, doesn't matter who you are. You get to choose if you will listen to the Spirit of God or you will follow the Spirit of God or you will dance to the tune of the Spirit of Antichrist. And he is out there. I'm not talking about the physical person of the Antichrist, but the spirit of Antichrist that the Apostle John speaks about in 1 John is alive and well, and he is playing a tune, and people are marching to it from the top down. That is, there is a conspiracy theory. That's one we know of, and they don't even know what they're listening to, but I can tell you it's because Satan has blinded the minds of those who will not believe. If you do not believe, you will just march in tune. You will march in step and think you're being super wonderful. You think you're doing right. You think it's wonderful. And you th- but that's because you have been blind because you've refused to believe. People who believe, only those who believe, will be able to see this. Only people will be able to see the kingdom and have the choice whether you will participate in it or not. Amen? So see this. See this. This is a kingdom that is your choice to participate in. We're stewards of these gifts. We, we serve one another. That's what love is. Jesus said in so many ways, like, you, <laughs> if you love, you fulfill the law. All of these things. When, he, when Jesus said in Matthew 6, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's what he's talking about. Make a priority of kingdom stuff. See things from a kingdom. Value things from the state of the kingdom. If you start seeing kingdom principle, then you don't start counting what's in your bank account. You start seeing how much you're putting away for eternity. You start, you start valuing things in light of eternity and saying, oh, maybe I'm going to live pretty poor in, for the rest of eternity compared to how much I'm actually investing. You know that you can stuff, take stuff to eternity, but it's not gold bars and you, that you hold kind of thing. But you can take people. There's lots of things that you can do. You can be obedient. You can be obedient to what God says. That's the greatest form of success ever is doing what God tells you to do. What you to do. Amen. Anyhow, enough of that. I wanted to, uh, in, 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 yeah, there, there, the, the, I have to touch on this piece because it's a big piece. And I know that's calling a, I just call it a piece, but in Matthew 6, 19, and I'm reading it out of the Amplified Bible, um, Jesus says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind, and now I'm, re- I'm specifically reading it out of the Amplified for a reason. Whatever you bind, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, declare lawful on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. Now, only the Amplified and the Young's literal translation put it in that context. Everybody else says, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. But these two put the context the other way around. They say, I will give you the, Jesus is talking, listen carefully. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Charles Capps always said this. He said, it's different to have the keys to something and the keys of something. And I mean, he's playing on prepositions here. So, but the point is that he says you can get a key to the car and you can open the car door or keys to a hotel, um, you know, and maybe you'll get in the front door of the hotel. But if you had the keys of the hotel, you have the whole, every room, right? 
And he says, Jesus says this. So I'm going to read it again, amplified. Listen carefully. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind, declare. Say declare. 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 To be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, declare lawful, on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. Uh, Very similarly, it says it in the Young's Literal. I'm not going to read it for sake of time, but in in the YLT or Young's Literal translation, it says it the same way. They put the tense that way. Then two chapters later in Matthew 18, Jesus says it again. Truly I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven and whatever you permit and declare to be proper and lawful on earth must be what is already permitted in heaven. Again, I tell you, oh, then he, no, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, just going to stop there. So, so we see there's this, this element of declaration. And, and we see it, we, 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 we speak about our authority as a believer. We say, you know, we, we speak it, we see it like life and death is in the power of the tongue. We see it in the, the armor of God, right? What is the only offensive piece is the sword of the, the spirit. Not the other pieces, the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, feet the gospel of peace, etc. but the sword of the spirit, putting the word of God. How did Jesus use the word of God against the devil? Remember, he said, it is written. When Satan came to him and he said, hey, you know what? You're starving, aren't you? Why don't you, why don't you just turn these stones into bread? And he said, it is written. It is written. And he, and he gave him scripture. You put his word in your mouth. So, so understand that, that when we talk, when Jesus is talking about the keys to the, to, to the kingdom, he is talking about binding and loosing what you declare from your mouth. It's very important you see this. Because for years, people have said binding and loosing is about the devil. Except, I challenge you, go and read it. There's not one word about the devil. Not one word about the devil here. I used to, as you know, worked with Ed Elliott for years, and, and Ed always used to say, you know, isn't it funny that, you know, we would have these meetings before church services back then, and I remember them, where we would bind the devil, you know, and loose the Holy Spirit, you know, and any other way of saying, we're going to, Lord, we want to, you know, we're going to have this crusade, and let's bind the devil and loose the Holy Spirit, because we use this out of context. Nowhere does it say that. And then we do it every service, and, and Ed would always say, he says, Why? He says, did somebody stay behind after the service to, you know, tie up the Holy Ghost again? And, well, you, know, or, 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 you know, but the, the point is, this has got nothing to do with the devil. This has got to do with speaking. It's the keys to the kingdom. So how, the question then is, how do you know what to bind and what to lose? You see, Jesus said it, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Ah, connection. God's plan and will, that is a major thing. We, oh, well, I just don't know what God's will is in this situation. Well, his will for you in a general sense, in a very specific sense, is, not, is always going to line up for what his will for you is in heaven. In other words, it's not God's will for anybody to be sick. You can see that in what Jesus' prayer is. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You can see that in the garden he made. He didn't say, 
I'm going to create a garden and the best way for me to teach my children is to create some sickness in this garden. Nope. It wasn't there. So thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is God's plan for you. If you know his revealed will, how do we know his revealed will? Through the word of God. Through knowing him, through knowing his character, through knowing his nature. So when we, when we understand, hold on a second, I know what it's, his will is about sickness. And look, I, I, it took me years to unwind myself out of that nonsense. Years, that took me. Now maybe you're, you're probably a lot sharper than I am. But it took, I'm not talking about hearing, oh yeah, 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 I, okay, I agree with you mentally that I don't have to be sick. I'm talking about having it like, okay, I get it. You really, really don't want me sick. But you see, if you haven't worked through these things in your belief system, then you doubt. You've got all of these issues in your belief system that are contrary and fighting one day. You're pulling this way. God wants me sick. No, he doesn't want me sick. God does this. He's holding this against me. All of those things because you haven't, we haven't even gone through the basics that we teach about in, in, in the D group, you know, in, in the Hebrews 6 foundations. Knowing what the finished work is. Knowing what Jesus' intention is. Knowing that Jesus has taken every every sin every sickness every disease he has obliterated it amen so before we can with knowing what our authority and identity in christ is and i know i'm zipping through overview because this is just an overview of the kingdom right but when you know who you are in Christ, then you know that you are a co-heir, that you've been seated. You know, and I'm not talking about, oh, I read the verse, so I agree with that. I'm talking about that you know that you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. You know these things, that I'm a co-heir. I don't have an inheritance of my own. You don't. I don't have an inheritance of mine. I get to share his because of his grace by faith. So, Blessings and cursings. Listen to this. Galatians 3.13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second. Just When it talks about blessings and cursings, curses, we know typically if you've been in church for very long, Deuteronomy 28 and so forth, back then there was these seven verses or so that spoke about the blessings and then there were these 28, 38, 48 verses of whatever I forget of, of all the curses that if you follow God, this is the blessings. If you don't follow God, these are all the curses and you're going to be, it's going to be bad. Okay, so you can, but this is, but it says here, what are the clues? Christ redeemed us or purchased, purchased for us out of prison, right? Redeemed. We've spoken about the word redeemed. Is to be bought freedom. Your freedom has been paid for. Redeemed you from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is anyone, everyone, uh, is everyone who is hanged on a tree. In verse 14, so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham may come to the Gentiles so that we may receive the promised spirit through faith. So we see that the blessings are through Christ that we can receive and so have the curses been removed. Now again, that's not got to do with your actions. Now I'm going to read this famous verse here in a couple, in a couple translations. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20. For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That's why it's through him that we say and utter, that we utter our amen to God for his glory. We utter for all, you King James, for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him the amen to the glory of God through us. 
Weist says it this way, Kenneth Weist translation. He says, how many promises, for as many promises as are promises of God have become in him yes and are a yes at present. Wherefore also through him is the amen to the glory of God through us. And then Young's literal, for as many as the promises of God in him, the yes and in him the amen for the glory of God through us. Okay, so you can study that at length and I encourage you to. But all, every promise that God has ever made, in Jesus you have access to it. Every promise is ours. So you, when you know, like when you process that in your belief system, and you, because you know that your belief system sometimes just kicks out something. You'll, I'll say something like that, and your belief system will kick it to the curb. Like, why? Because of tradition, or whatever you've heard of. Your, your, you, you, it will, it will be like, why? Because you've, oh, my grandma used to say this. My grandma used to say that every. My grandma used to say, and she was such a sweetheart, and she went to church her whole life. She was born in the church, and she died in the church. In fact, she only went home once. You know, whatever. You know, it, it's like, you, you know, it, it's, it's like you, whatever whatever we 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 have these we have these traditions these mindsets these religious views that are prolific and you have to be prepared to be teachable you have to say god show me because but once you once you deal with this like hold on a second every promise every promise yes but every promise in jesus because he's the one who earned it he is the one who's removed the curse. You and I don't deserve not nothing, nothing, nada. Not ever. No matter how good you've been, it's always only going to be by grace through faith. Always going to only be by grace through faith. He is the one. So we can lay hold of the promises. So then back to these keys that we're talking about. What are the keys? The keys are declaring what is lawful on earth what is already being declared lawful in heaven and asking yourself well is sickness allowed in heaven no so i can bind it i can declare it i can declare it to be so with my authority as a man on a man not as a male but as a as a human on earth you 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 understand that we were given authority men god gave us the earth you have authority Oh, well, the world doesn't work. No, it does work that way. God calls those things that be not as though they are. Remember? That's in, um, oh, I've got to remember. Where is it? Steve, you remember? Romans 4, 6, 16 and 17. Here it is. As it is written, verse, in, uh, verse 17 of Romans 4. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations, talking about Abraham, in the presence of God, of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Or as a translation says, he is the one who calls things that are not as though they are. And, and I don't want to go too deep into this, but it's pretty plain here. So, you know, this Christian science you know, says that you should deny the truth. Basically, if you've got one arm, you can say, um, well, I only, ha I only have one arm, you know, you, you, I, I've got another arm there. That's stupid. You can't say you have two arms if your arm's cut off. I have two arms. No, you're just stupid. You've got one arm, you know. You know, it's just like, you, you, know, you know, you see, Christian science, it's to, not to, it doesn't say it the other way around. It doesn't say 
to declare those things that are as though they are not. It says to declare the things that are not as though they are. Sorry, did I get that the wrong way around? I think I did. I may have got but but the, the point is that you're not denying what is what you're seeing exists and you're calling those things which are not as though they are. I am declaring what, is bound, what things are bound in heaven or, or loosed in heaven. Like I can declare when I know this is every promise Jesus has earned for me. I'm standing in him. I'm a co-heir. That is my identity. I'm a child of God. I call God Father. He has given me authority on earth to do this. He says, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. Did he say, I'm going to sell you the keys of the kingdom? Did he say, you've got to earn the keys of the kingdom? No. He says, I give you the keys of the kingdom. And how's the, keys, how's the kingdom going to work? It's going to come through your mouth. It's going to come because you're going to declare the things. So when you, do, you, that's why when we pray, and God help us, we still pray Old Testament prayers like, God, please. When God is saying, why don't you declare? You don't ask God to be healed. If you're asking God to be healed, you have, you, you have not heard yet. And that's okay. I, but you are speaking. You are not asking Man, I can't remember how many times he used to say, oh, Father, if it be thy will. Lord, if you don't know what God's will is, you've got no prisoners praying about it. If it be thy will, just forget about it. That's not even a prayer of faith. Scratch that. You either declare or you don't. You either speak those, jeez, I know I'm scratching up a whole Pandora's box of things now I can sense. This is like, but, but listen to this. If I'm going to speak to it, I'm going to speak to the issue. I'm going to declare Sickness, you are, I bind you. You are not allowed in heaven. So I bind you in this. I refuse. You are unlawful, unacceptable right here. And you can speak to that sickness, that disease. You speak to it. You speak to it. You call those things that are not as though they are. You are well, I. You, you are well back. I'm telling you back, you are well. You speak to it. And you don't do anything else. You're not, is God, are you asking God? Nope. But because, it comes out of another religious cliche. Why do we even say, in Jesus' name, amen? It's almost like the enter button on the computer email. You know, book, in Jesus' name, amen, send. Will he get it? I don't know. You know, it's just like, it's just like, it's not about in Jesus' name, amen. It's like, you are asking because I am in Jesus. And if Jesus has earned it, I'm asking in his name. You see, if you don't know that, then you've just wasted every prayer you've ever prayed for 150 years where you said in Jesus' name, amen. Because you haven't understood. It's because I'm in Jesus that I can say the yes and the amen is spoken unto God. In Jesus, I'm not getting this because of my, it's because Jesus earned it. I'm a co-heir in Christ, so therefore I say, because why? Because I earned it? No, because Jesus earned it. I'm in him, I'm a co-heir, and because I'm established in him, I declare in his name, in his name I declare it so. I tell you sickness, I tell you, I bind that sickness, I will not let that, or I loose I, I speak liberty. I speak whatever it is. I speak liberty over that person's mind. I speak liberty over that issue. Whatever it is. Is it like that in heaven? Yes, then it's okay. You, you, buy, you understand? Keys to the kingdom. Keys to the kingdom. Can you have a bunch of keys and never use them? Yep. Yep, you sure can. 
We've been given the keys. There, there's so many things as we walk in this path that we're, we're on a journey on. And so the point is not to beat yourself up for what you've believed. The point is to ask Holy Spirit and say, Lord, teach me from here on. I will choose to grow through this and go to where I want to go. I want to learn. I want to learn because we are going to learn. When, even when we go to heaven, we're going to see him and become like him, but we're going to continue to learn. I believe that. There's these truths that, that when we open our hearts to and say, Lord, if you, if you are willing to go on the journey, you've just got to stay that heart that says, Lord, I'm willing. And then you've actually got to, actually got to do something about it. I'm not saying earn it. You've actually got to acquire the knowledge, one, but it's not just about saying that, oh, because Shannon said that. You've got to get your beliefs. You've got to renew your mind, as we've said so many times, that parable of the sower. You've got to learn how to plant the seed in your heart. You've got to learn how that seed gets, can not get watered. If you don't, I mean, if you, listen, I know by the Spirit of God that the Spirit of God has touched some of your hearts today. Now listen to me carefully. If you don't do anything with this and if you don't meditate on it and water the seed, next week you're like, poof, what you're experiencing right now will be gone. That incorruptible seed of God's word that's able to produce 30, 60, and 100 fold and change your life and your future and your children's future will be gone. Why? Because you've dealt with it like the seed on the hardened path. You've left it there. You've thought that it's gonna grow there while you're, no, you have, to, you have to hear the word and you've got to give it soil in your heart and you've got to water it and you've got to, by how? By meditating on it, by thinking about it. Go check this, listen to this out. Go and pick up the scriptures. Meditate on it, give it a place and you will benefit by the truth that you hear because it'll be, grow in your heart, Get right? Let's close our eyes. Father, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence, that it's living and active inside of us, your word, that as you've spoken these things to us about kingdom, Lord, we hear you. Lord, we choose a heart of humility. We choose to live in repentance. That means repentance is not something you do once. Repentance is a lifestyle. Repentance is a lifestyle of saying, I'm willing to change my mind. As you live in a lifestyle of, of repentance, declaring those things. Choosing to believe his word, choosing to let that seed find home in your soil, the soil of your heart. That's your choice. Now, we have prayer ministers here always that can help you and can guide you and can be a, a blessing to you. If you've never made a choice to follow Jesus, then do so this morning. And if you're online, just text the word prayer to our 352-441-3016 number and we will have a prayer minister get hold of you. But just because I'm saying this doesn't, it's not a preamble to dashing out the door. I'm talking that this, it's an element of laying hold of what God is saying to you.
we, I'm telling you, we have great prayer ministers here who are able to help. What is it that you want in this Christian life? Ask yourself the question. What is it? What is it that you really want? Do you just, do you want a form of Christianity, a form of godliness? Or do you actually want to dwell and lay hold of some of these things and benefit your life and your marriage and your relationships with your children and your parents and whoever? Do you, do you want to take hold of the promises that Jesus take, gave, gave you? Do you want to live in this? Do you want to run your race? Do you want to accomplish for the Lord? I'm going to say that for the Lord. We're stewards. Of, do you want to accomplish something for him? Do you want to be an instrument in his hand? Those are all your choices. Yours. Nobody can make that choice for you. That's totally your choice. And God loves you anyhow. I want you to know that. It doesn't matter what you choose. It doesn't matter what you don't choose. God's love will never change toward you. Never. 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 Now, I'm going to... I want to end this with a warning. I know it's a funny place to end, but it's, it's a gentle warning, warning. I felt this warning from the Spirit, and maybe it's just for me. But in Galatians 5, and I think it's in Ephesians 5 too, we are warned that we can miss our inheritance in the kingdom. Listen to this. Now, if you're led by the Spirit and you're not under the law, now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, etc. It goes on to list all the works of the flesh. Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, in case he missed out anything. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such things there are no law now I used to be confused thinking like if you did this you wouldn't go to heaven no no it's not talking about whether you go to heaven it's got to do whether you will participate will you, will you participate in your inheritance in the kingdom if you choose to walk by the flesh, in the flesh, you will sacrifice walking in your inheritance in the kingdom. Because you can only do one. You can either walk in the flesh or in the spirit. You can't do both at the same time. I like the way the message said this, and I'm going to read this out of the message. My counsel is this. Live freely, animated, and motivated by God's Spirit. Then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness. For there is a root of sinful self-interest in us that is at odds with a free spirit. Just as the free spirit is incompatible with selfishness. These two, these two ways of life are antithetical. So that you cannot live at times one way and times another way according to how you feel on any given day. Why don't you choose to be led by the Spirit and so escape the erratic compulsions of a law-dominated existence? It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. 
repetitive, love, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness and cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a, into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. I could go on. This isn't the first time I've warned you, you know. If you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. Profound, isn't it? Father, where choose. As always, there's a choice before us. Every day is a choice. You and I, each one, always have a free will. Nobody can choose for you. You will have what you say. You will have what you choose. Let's just spend thinking about that for a moment and just make a choice in your heart. Say, Lord, that's what I choose. That's what I want today. That's what I want for the rest of my life. I believe without a shadow of a doubt we are called into in such a remarkable time and the body of Christ is being called up and out to be kingdom people, to live in his promises, to live in this supernatural life, in this abundant life that God desires and wants you to enjoy and live in. But it does require you to make choices constantly, constantly. Amen. Lord, we hear you. Holy Spirit, we hear you. We take the seed of your word. We put that in our hearts. Lord, may it bear fruit. 30, 60, may it bear fruit a hundredfold. Help us to, to hear and to do what you've said and spoken to us about. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank God for his kingdom, it's, right? It's such a, we have, you have promises available to give you incredible victory. Amen. God loves you. He will never, ever stop loving you. Remember, we have phenomenal prayer ministers up front that are just so eager to pray with you. And if you're online, thanks for joining us. And if you want to pray, like I said, just text the word prayer to online. Uh, to our, sorry, text the word prayer to our uh, texting church number 352-441-3016. Guys, have a great day. Have a great week. You are with the Lord. He loves you. Never leave you or forsake you. Amen. Amen.